Welcome to episode 131 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about the 2020 presidential election, the battleground states. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the 2020 presidential election, secession, Walter E. Williams, big tech censorship, or intellectual dishonesty comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, and Rumble. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. In the last episode, I laid out the big picture of voting irregularities, improprieties, and illegalities of the 2020 presidential election. My overarching point was, or is, why is the overwhelming reaction from the mainstream media, Democrats, and quite frankly, establishment Republicans, a great big yawn? Nothing to see here. Sit down and shut up. Anyone who says otherwise is guilty of treason and sedition. Their desire to get rid of Trump apparently is so powerful that there's no interest in getting to the truth. In this episode, we're going to look at the details from the six battleground states where most of the alleged fraud. See how I did that? I said alleged because, as we've been told over and over and over and over again, none of this has been proven. Let's start with Georgia, where Biden supposedly won by just under 12,000 votes. Trump was ahead of Biden by more than 110,000 votes in Georgia on election night, when all of a sudden Fulton County stopped counting ballots after lying that a pipe had burst. Then we saw an influx of votes around 4 a.m. conveniently cutting Trump's lead. What else have we seen? Well, there's been as many as 600,000 documented fraudulent questionable ballots. Here's a breakdown of some of the irregularities, illegalities, and fraud. Over 2,500 felons voted in Georgia. Over 2,400 unregistered voters voted. We had just under 5,000 people vote who registered after the registration deadline. We had about 20,000 out-of-state voters casting ballots. 10,000 deceased voters cast ballots. 395 voters voted in Georgia and in another state. We had just under 16,000 voters who filed a change of address form prior to November 30th, yet still voted in Georgia. We had 66,000 underaged, ineligible voters vote in Georgia. We saw a strange phenomenon with increased mail-in ballots coming through, all for Biden. We had 100 affidavits attesting to multiple violations of Georgia election code. We had 138,000 people who had already moved out of Georgia voting with mail-in ballots, and 300,000 requested absentee ballots outside the statutory deadline. In the Senate race, consider this. Biden received almost 96,000 more votes than Senate candidate John Ossoff. Trump received 800 more votes than Dave Perdue. Does that seem normal to you? Other documented problems include a large majority of the state's counties failed to produce chain-of-custody documents for some 460,000 absentee ballots deposited in drop boxes that were counted in the state's November 3rd election. 
We have the video of election officials pulling suspected ballots out from under a table after they ran off all the Republican observers. We have thousands of people using halfway houses and homeless shelters as their address in order to register to vote in Georgia. We have allegations that Fulton County officials destroyed mail-in ballot evidence that is supposed to be audited. One expert, while testifying to the Georgia Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Elections in late December, actually remotely accessed a Dominion voting machine live during his testimony, demonstrating just how easy it is. More on Dominion later. In Fulton County, over 150 precincts voted 90 plus percent for Biden, equating to over 150,000 votes. In DeKalb County, in 94 precincts, Biden won 90 plus percent of the votes. In Dodge, Putnam, and Dottery counties, Trump votes disappeared. Data scientists testifying before the state Senate hearing reported that at 9-11 p.m. local time, Trump received 29,391 votes as Biden simultaneously received 17,218. However, in the next reported update, Trump's votes became 17,219 and Biden's changed to 29,391. 30,000 votes disappeared between these three counties alone. The removals happened at the county level and were hard to be observed at the state level because the decrements were offset by accurate data uploads by other counties. That's a whole hell of a lot of allegations. With a margin of victory of just 12,000, many of those allegations by themselves could change the outcome of the Georgia results. Why isn't there a massive call to get to the truth to ensure election integrity? Why the name-calling and casting of dispersions of people who want these things investigated and clarified? Well, let's take a look at Michigan, where Biden supposedly won by 154,000 votes. That seems like a healthy margin of victory. Why are we discussing it? Great question. Here's why. As many as 250,000 fraudulent or questionable votes have been documented. For example, at 6.30 a.m., 150,000 votes hit their system. 141,000 for Biden. 94%. Man, that's convenient. Question for skeptics. What would you have said and done if the results were reversed? How about the Senate race? Biden received just under 70,000 more votes than Democratic Senate candidate Gary Peters. Trump received only 7,000 more than John James. Does that seem suspicious to you? There were over 300,000 illegal mail-in ballots sent out. 28,000 ballots apparently were requested by voters who made no request. 174,000 ballots counted despite lacking voter registration numbers for corresponding precincts. 35,000 ballots were cast by voters with no address. 13,000 out-of-state voters voted in Michigan. In whistleblower testimony before the Michigan legislature, one witness, Melissa Carone, was contracted by Dominion Voting Machines to provide IT support in Detroit. She told the committee how she watched election officials add the same batch of ballots to the final tally over and over again. She and other whistleblowers explained that they never saw a Trump vote the whole time they were there. They were also intimidated and threatened by Democrat poll workers. Also in Michigan, whistleblowers explained that ballot counting machines and tabulators were connected to the Internet. Michigan state law restricts voting machines from being connected to the Internet during ballot tabulation. This also violates FEC regulations. 
Without Wayne County, which is Detroit, where most of the reported fraud occurred, Trump wins the state by almost 200,000 votes. After a forensic examination of 16 Dominion voting machines in Atrium County, Michigan, Allied Security Operations Group concluded that the Dominion voting machines were assigning a 68% error rate. What that means is when ballots are put through the machine with a whopping 68% error rate, that means that those ballots are sent for bulk adjudication, which means they collect the ballots in a folder and a poll worker reviews the ballot to determine voter intent. The poll worker has sole discretion. Do you think that there were any Republican poll watchers allowed to monitor that process? Question, how can there be confusion about voter intent, period? When you're using an electronic voting system that only allows you to pick one particular candidate from each race, much less a 68% rejection rate. That's a whole hell of a lot of allegations. Despite the margin victory of 154,000, many of those allegations by themselves could change the outcome of the Michigan election. Why isn't there a massive call to get to the truth, to ensure election integrity? Why the name-calling and casting of dispersions on people who want these things investigated and clarified? How about in Wisconsin, where Biden supposedly won by 20,000 votes? Well, between 337 and 342 on the morning after election, 168,000 votes were tallied, of which 143,000 were for Biden. 85%. Nothing to see here, folks. Also, as many as 300,000 fraudulent votes have been documented. We had just under 7,000 out-of-state voters voting in Wisconsin, 27,000 in-state voters voted at the wrong precinct, 234 double votes. We have 17,000 ballots in Milwaukee and Madison that were illegally collected at a public park event called Democracy in the Park, and clerks were allowed to fill in missing personal information from the ballot envelopes. We had 96,000 voters skirting voter ID laws by claiming they were indefinitely confined. 170,000 absentee ballots cast without submission of legally required application. And we had seven Democratic wards in Milwaukee reporting more votes than registered voters. That's a whole hell of a lot of allegations. With a margin of victory of only 20,000, many of those allegations by themselves could change the outcome of the Wisconsin election. Why isn't there a massive call for the truth to ensure election integrity? Why the name-calling and casting dispersions on people who want these things investigated and clarified? Well, how about Pennsylvania, where Biden supposedly won by 82,000 votes? President Trump was ahead of Joe Biden by almost 700,000 votes on election night. And within a few days after the election, hundreds of thousands of ballots appeared for Biden. As many as 90 to 100,000 fraudulent votes have been documented, including 1,400 voters illegally registered to vote using postal facilities or UPS store-like boxes. 14,000 voters cast ballots at the wrong precinct. 7,500 out-of-state residents cast ballots in Pennsylvania and 742 double votes were reported. What about absentee ballots in Pennsylvania? Well, Rudy Giuliani testified before the Pennsylvania legislature that only 1.8 million mail-in ballots were sent out, yet 2.5 million were counted. Over 58,000 mail-in ballots were marked as returned on or before the mail date. More more than 9,000 absentee ballots have no sent date. Just under 27,000 people who had already moved out of Pennsylvania, voted with mail-in ballots. 
As I documented in episode 122, The Truth About the Pennsylvania Vote Count, there were 1.7 million Democrats who requested mail-in ballots. Biden received 1.9 mail-in ballot votes. By contrast, 625,000 Republicans requested mail-in ballots, Trump receiving 573,000 of those votes. How did Biden get over 200,000 more mail-in votes than Democrats requested them? Well, you say, how many unaffiliated or independent voters requested mail-in ballots? Good question. The answer is around 300,000. So in order for Biden to receive 200,000 more mail-in votes than Dems requested them, he would have to receive 70% of the unaffiliated and independent votes. Well, you say, that's within the realm of possibility. Fine. My follow-up question would be, what about the other 90,000 votes cast by these unaffiliated and independent voters? See, 1.7 million Democrats plus the 625 Republicans who requested absentee ballots, that equals 1.9 million. Now you add in the 300,000 unaffiliated and independent, and you get 2.2 million. So you have 2.2 million mail-in ballots out there in Pennsylvania. Biden received 1.9, and Trump received half a million. So that's 2.4 million mail-in votes. There's 200,000 more mail-in votes than there were ballots requested. Postal worker Richard Hopkins explained to Project Veritas that his boss told him and others to post-date ballots. His superiors threatened him, and he was interrogated and forced to recant his statement. Then major media outlets blasted him as a liar. He subsequently denied recanting his original story. Another postal worker testified that he drove a truckload of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. He estimated it was between 144,000 and 188,000 ballots. Late in the month came the allegation that there was 205,000 more ballots cast than people voting. That's similar to the analysis I did in my previous podcast episode. That's more than enough to flip the state to Trump. According to an analysis by the Data Integrity Group, votes for Trump from both Election Day and mail-in ballots were removed from the totals in at least 15 counties. In a December 22nd letter signed by 19 members of the Pennsylvania State Senate, they calculate that 200,000 more ballots were cast for president than there were voters who voted. This is called stuffing the ballot box and is the most basic and profound species of vote fraud. That's a whole hell of a lot of allegations. With a margin of victory of 81,000, many of those allegations by themselves could change the outcome of the Pennsylvania election. Why isn't there a massive call to get to the truth, to ensure election integrity? Why the name-calling and casting dispersions on people who want these things investigated and clarified? How about Nevada, where Biden supposedly won by 35,000 votes? there are as many as 95,000 potentially fraudulent votes that have been documented. 4,000 foreign citizens voted, 1,500 dead voters, we had 20,000 out-of-state voters, and we had had 40,000 people voting twice in Nevada. And there's over 25,000 votes cast by voters with illegal addresses. They either changed their address, it's a vacant address, there's no address, or a commercial address. That's a whole hell of a lot of allegations. With a margin of victory of 35,000, many of the allegations by themselves could change the outcome of the Nevada election. Why isn't there a massive call to get to the truth, to ensure election integrity? Why the name-calling and casting of dispersions of people who want these things investigated and clarified? 
How about in Arizona, where Biden supposedly won by just over 10,000 votes? As many as 300,000 fraudulent, questionable votes have been documented. An estimate by a citizen group in Arizona reported that between 160,000 and 400,000 phantom ballots are present in Arizona's 2020 election results. We saw a similar influx of votes as documented in Wisconsin and Michigan around 4 a.m., conveniently cutting Trump's lead. We also saw 19,997 people who had already moved out of Arizona voting with mail-in ballots. Data scientists identified a whopping 790,000 laundered votes that were injected into the system across eight different counties. We had reports of the same BS going on in Clark County, Nevada's Dominion machines, as I already described in Atrium County, Michigan. In Clark County, they kicked out about 70% of the ballots. Those are the ballots to be adjudicated by a human being who determines voter intent. Nothing to see here. That's a whole hell of a lot of allegations. With a margin of victory of 11,000, many of those allegations by themselves would change the outcome of the Arizona election. Why isn't there a massive call to get to the truth, to ensure election integrity? Why the name-calling and casting dispersions on people who wanted these things investigated and clarified? The irregularities and fraud were so bad that seven state legislatures, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, sent two sets of electors to Washington, one for Biden, who supposedly won their state, and one for Trump, who likely won at least five of the seven. None of these legislatures had the courage to conduct their own serious investigation into violations of their own election laws. So they sent the second set of electors, basically kicking the can down the road, to Congress. Why would they stick their necks out when, with very few exceptions, national Republicans remained silent on the elections in Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, as they were railroaded through? With Trump standing alone, literally and figuratively, the state legislatures and governors had no courage to stand up. With the state standing down, the courts rightly pointed out saying, hey, if you guys aren't going to enforce your own laws, why should we stick our necks out? Then after five weeks of relative silence, the congressional Republicans made a largely worthless, empty gesture by objecting to a few electors. That effort was, of course, interrupted by the evacuation of the Capitol when it was overrun by a handful of idiots. I want to end this episode with one last piece of voting irregularity, impropriety, illegalities, or fraud. That being the Dominion voting system. I probably should have covered this in the last episode, but it's worth covering here. The Dominion system is used in 28 states. Basically, 40% of the votes cast in America are using Dominion systems. After the 2016 election, experts recommended to Congress the elimination of touchscreen voting machines because paper ballots minimize fraud because you have a paper trail. They also suggested sensible auditing be employed after each election. As I've already mentioned, these systems are designed to allow flexibility to the adjudicators. I've mentioned this a couple times already. The system spits out the ballots for human intervention, which is where fraud can easily occur. The way one expert explained how the steel works in Dominion is the ability to take partial votes away from a candidate, essentially siphoning them off. It's called the salami method, you slice votes away from Trump and move them to Biden. If you do enough slicing in enough counties, you can have a dramatic shift in vote counts. So if you can have a Biden vote count as 1.26 votes and a Trump vote count as 0.74 votes. 
they've done this before in foreign countries like Venezuela. There's evidence that it was done in 2016 in California in, in order for Hillary to beat Bernie. And there is evidence that it's been done in other local elections and smaller elections in different places. And we have other experts who testify that Dominion machines are easily hackable, which I mentioned earlier. Then there is the speculation about Dominion's ownership ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Shortly after the election, there was some shady shit going down at the corporate level at Dominion. For example, right after the election, when there was concern expressed about the Dominion system, the private equity firm that purchased Dominion back in 2018, Stable Street Capital, removed all mention of Dominion from their website. Then the Canadian and U.S. headquarters for Dominion were closed. Then their executives pulled out of testifying to the Pennsylvania Assembly at the last minute. Then over 100 employees of Dominion deleted their LinkedIn profiles. That was like one-third of the company's employees. Another company named UBS Securities, there's, there's one in the U.S. and one in China, purchased Dominion for $400 million in October of 2020. Around that time, the board of the Chinese UBS replaced 11 of their 16 members. That may be a coincidence. So think about it. A Chinese company purchased a company with 40% market share in the U.S. voting tabulations. Man, that's a good gig if you can get it. Before the election, UBS U.S. had three Chinese board members. After the election and the shit started hitting the fan, those three were replaced. One of the dudes held a board position at the UBS U.S. and the UBS China. The second dude appears to be a Chinese Communist Party hack. He basically sits on the board of a bunch of Chinese companies and government entities. The third one is basically a ghost. There are no pictures available on the internet. She's young but sits on the board of a bunch of Chinese companies. All of them also held executive positions at one time or another at both UBS US and UBS China. Anyway, suffice it to say that UBS Beijing is really a Chinese Communist Party military, intelligence, political, legal, digital, totalitarian, and financial oligarch. That's what UBS is. The Chinese Party controls it and is involved in it, just like they are with all Chinese companies. So you say, well, that's a bunch of unsubstantiated stuff about Dominion. Well, no shit, Sherlock. That's the point. Why isn't there a massive call to get to the truth to ensure election integrity? Why isn't Dominion being fully investigated at the state and national level? Why the name-calling? Why the casting of dispersions on people who bring up these allegations and want the Dominion system fully investigated and clarified? Let's pretend that half of what I presented is false. Why wouldn't we as a nation, regardless of political or party affiliation, why wouldn't we want all of these allegations fully investigated? Why instead were we, and still to this day, Force-fed claims from the mainstream media, national Democrats, and establishment Republicans that there is no fraud, which became there isn't much fraud, which became there isn't enough fraud to overturn the election. Why didn't any of these assholes call for investigations? Are they deprived of all principles around fairness, decency, integrity, honesty, legitimacy, and justice? Are they devoid of Anything resembling civility and respect for others with opposing opinions? Does the rule of law no longer apply to the ruling class in America? As I stated in the last episode, I believe we have crossed the Rubicon here. The National Democratic Party has no intention of coexisting with the rest of us. 
not only are they okay with a potentially stolen election, but in the few short days since I published the last episode, the great social media purge of all things counter to the Democrat Party talking points is in full swing. I will be producing an episode on that soon. If you are listening to this episode in 2021, be ready for the purge of the undesirables. You know, the deplorables, those that cling to their guns and their religion. These folks see blood in the water. Now that they are drunk on their newfound power, it's time to feast on their fellow citizens who do not tow the party line. It's a very sad state of affairs. And that is the truth about the 2020 presidential election, the battleground states. Please join the conversation on Facebook, for as long as they'll allow me to be there, at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Podcast.